It's like we finally have a solution. Yeah. With all these podcasts, how does one keep up? What are you not? Glad you asked. Welcome to the week in podcasting. Thank you very much. Smith Everett, Al Riley, Jeff Adams. Smith Everett, Al Riley, Jeff Adams. Smith Everett, Al Riley, Jeff Adams. The week in podcasting. And welcome everyone to the week in podcasting. This is episode number three. This will be better than the first two. And the fact that we even have a three is already a testament to how great this show is. We highlight the best in podcasts. My name is Seth Everett. She is Val Riley. Good afternoon, Val. Hello, Seth. It's nice to talk to you as always. I'm so glad our levels are equal. (laughs) Let's hope. Jeff Adams is running the show back at the uh, mothership there. What's going on, Jeff? The mothership is clear and ready to engage into a podcasting show. Ooh. A podcasting show. Uh, today, we are going to be highlighting a bunch of podcasts that were submitted, as you can submit your podcast by emailing us at theweekinpodcasting at gmail.com. The Week in Podcasting is one word, no spaces, no dots, no underscores. The Week in Podcasting at gmail.com. Today on the show, we're going to look at three podcasts, movies, films, and flicks, ha-has for hoo-has, yes, Val will explain, and business <laughs> insanity talk radio. So we've got a plethora of podcasts, but Val, before we get into the clips and the shows, speaking of entertainment, you're, it's award season, so this yes. is your time. You are in all your glory Did the Emmys satiate you for the time being? Sadly, no. So the Emmys just wrapped up and, uh, and I thought it was a really boring show this year. And I actually, I tweeted about this. I think that it's become time for us to have a runner on the bottom of the screen that thanks the producer, the director, the co-stars so that the actors, um, and direct, you know, whoever's winning, the recipient, can spend their time actually giving a speech that's maybe interesting or, like, has some quality to it. Because I feel like it's just turned into people reading lists of names. And, like, uh, at the Emmys that just happened, the same shows won a lot of awards. And so you hear the same names over and over. And it makes for a really boring show to watch, I thought. Did you watch it? What did you think? I, I watched parts of it. There was uh, a lot of great sporting events going on, so I was a little <laughs> distracted. Uh, but thankfully, uh, that's what sl- sl- Slingbox is for, to free plug there. Um, the idea that they're thanking the producers, I like that. I, 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 I like that because those are the people who make those shows go. I, 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 I actually see it very differently. I, I would like the producers to get more acknowledged because I, I like that. I like that's what John Hamm said. I, John Hamm was my favorite part of the whole thing because yeah, John Draper is an icon. He, he was great, but he made sure that everybody who worked on Mad Men got acknowledged. And I, I don't know, I, I see it a little differently because I, I know that you want to see the thing move along, but what are we there for? Are we there to be entertained or are we there for awards? Well, it's I think it's on TV. Well, but that's the thing. It's the awards, isn't it? 
No, I mean, I think it has to be both. I think the fact that this award show is on TV means that it also needs to be entertaining. And I actually think my solution of having the runner on the bottom solves both problems because the producer, the director, whoever, get credit and they get their name printed on the screen. So like as a viewer at home, <laughs> maybe you would guess that more. What? No, no one reads that and nobody's there. Like the, the bottom of the screen is not there for the guy's... Everybody who worked on the show is there. But they don't get to see it. They don't. Yeah, that, well, they get to see it later. <laughs> but that's I mean, like, like they're that. not recording it at home? But they, have, they have their name. Like, like Peter Linklage. Link, he, he's saying, he's saying their, 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 their guys' names. Like, that's, that's a great moment. I, I, I like when they thank their family. I like when they always talk about who didn't believe in them. Because yeah, but that's in order not, to be yeah, a successful too. actor, no one can believe in you. But you're making my point for me because that is exactly what I think. I like when they give a quality speech, thank their family. Like when they just go down the list of the people that they worked with, I think okay. that can be in a list form at the bottom of the screen and use your time because they don't give them that much time. And then they play them off, which I always find like so rude. But at the same time, I understand they need to keep the show moving. Uh, but I think so many acceptance speeches is, were so rushed because, you know, they had to fit in this list of people. And even John Hamm, who gave an amazing speech, I agree, didn't list everybody that he works with on the show. He did, uh, in fact, though, list his ex-girlfriend, which I found interesting because they were together for like uh, something like 18 years and just recently broke up. And so the last two names I think that he mentioned in the speech were her and his dog. <laughs> All right, this is this is uh, your the best thing you said about all this is you go and I tweeted this, folks. If you're not <laughs> following Val Riley, this is why you have to follow her. Yeah, she tweeted this. That's right. That it was a good solution. I think you're welcome, people. <laughs> <laughs> now, Jeff, you want to you want to break a tie? What do you think? You like the idea that these these guys when they win these awards they thank all the hardworking behind the scenes people. Oh come on! Yeah, you, you know why? Loaded, you loaded. Know, yeah, you know why? Yes, you know why I appreciate that is because I worked in the music industry for many years. In fact, one of the first big awards that one of my artists ever won, they were on stage. They thanked the label, which was pointless. You know, I managed groups, <laughs> and they forgot. You know, the guy that put it all together for them, they forgot to thank me, and then they were um, behind the stage, and then they finally go, "Oh my gosh, we forgot to thank our managers." So some these people just when you make creations you want to be acknowledged sometimes you know a pat on the back or something I, and I think it's great that they do all that okay so Jeff I think that you're making my point for me too because say before the show they said to this band fill out this form and tell us who you want to thank that you worked with and we'll make sure that you know at least then right. your name would have been at the bottom of the screen and you would have been officially thanked had they forgotten to say your name out loud. That would be an awful lot of work. All right. It's a one-stop shop for all things movies. Mark, John, and John tackled the real issues. Like, what is Kurt Russell's best sleeveless shirt? Okay. This episode is entitled The Random Awards. Mark, John, and John answer an age-old question posed by one of their listeners. All right. Enough, enough Dolph Lundgren talk. I think now it's time to start the podcast like we do every podcast with listener questions. Well, I'm good. You got the listener questions this week, right? I, I do, I do. And and listener favorite Brett from Clearwater, Florida has come up with a couple more for us today. His first question is, who made the worst decision at the time to sign on for the film Texas Chainsaw Massacre for the next generation? Matthew McConaughey 
or Renee Zellweger. So we're basically just talking about career-wise, whether or not it was a good decision. This was like an interesting case, too, if you guys don't mind me jumping on this. Like, they filmed it in 94, and then they delayed it for three years, and then they released it in, like, 20 cities in 97 with, like, a different title and poster. Uh, and then, like, because apparently Matthew McConaughey didn't want to hit big because he had time to kill and um, uh, Amistad coming up. And then Renee Zellweger had Empire Records and Jerry Maguire. So neither one of them wanted to see the light of day. But I'm going to go back to 1994. You know, maybe they had worked on Days and Confused. And uh, I'm going to say the worst idea was for was, um, I'm going to say Matthew McConaughey. Because we've written in the past about every single actress, Jessica Chastain, Elizabeth Olsen, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Kristen Stewart. They've all been in terrible horror films. Uh, Hilary Swank. And they all, you know, will win Oscars eventually. So, um, yeah, I said it, Kristen Stewart. But um, I, I think, I think, uh, you know, I think it was. It's been mathematically, like, just looking at the thing, it's been easier for them. So McConaughey, because like, you know, Eddie Murphy would have won an, an Oscar if it wasn't for Norbert, 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 Norbert. So uh, I'm saying Matthew McConaughey. I mean, it's kind of I. I don't think it was a bad decision for either of them. To be honest, I mean, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but that's Mark, John, and John. You can listen to movies, films, and flicks on iTunes or blogtalkradio.com slash movies, films, and flicks. It's part of the Shark Dropper Network, right on Blog Talk Radio. With over seven shows in production, Shark Dropper Studios aims to be the leading network in scripted fictional podcasting with high emphasis on quality production in addition to an already award-winning film noir comedy series in release there are many other serial dramas available that are sure to capture the serial radio drama fan in all of us ranging from horror fiction to post-apocalyptic fiction i'm assuming that guy who chimed in at the end was john since it's mark john and john val your thoughts <laughs> post-apocalyptic science fiction yes and film noir comedy these sound like very interesting <laughs> hybrid <laughs> topics yes. curious to learn more um i don't know how texas chainsaw massacre wasn't a bad idea for everyone involved <laughs> I mean, first of all i mean horror movies are really not my thing anything with right. like a serial number after it i think i don't know four is tough like what's what's the fourth series in a movie that's actually been a good idea i don't know rocky do you four? watch horror movies rocky four do you like it i'm trying to think of a four something with the yeah. four that was good um that's why they call them trilogies right trilogies are big yeah right most things are trilogies but uh <laughs> they're both from texas matthew mcconaughey and renee zellweger so maybe they had a little loyalty to their home state it's it was clearly before either one of them like made it very big as big as they are now well their their show cl seems uh, very inside because uh that's a question posed by their listeners which i like i love it when podcasts take requests I, I, because that's the community part of it you know what i mean like people talk about twitter and facebook and instagram and all these things well that's what you know, if you're doing a podcast, you're not taking calls. I know on Blog Talk Radio, you can take calls. But if you're listening to a downloaded podcast, it's not live. It's something you need to be able to give feedback in. 
that's the best way to do it. Well, and I do think it's a really good question because it's who was it a worse decision for? <laughs> you know, which is just right. a funny way to phrase the question. Like who was right. screwed exactly. more by this horrible horror movie? Do you think Matthew McConaughey actually even cares at this point? I mean, he's doing Pontiac commercials no. now. Matthew McConaughey. No. <laughs> Come on, uh, Jeff, you've got to have a McConaughey impression in your back pocket. Matthew McConaughey. I, I can't do it. It's like, that's like Bill Clinton. It's like Bill Clinton yeah. mixed with Matthew McConaughey. You sound a little Bill Clinton. Let me tell you something. I'm Matthew McConaughey, Bill Clinton. I have to say, I recently found I'm always struggling for something good to watch. So this is probably a good podcast for me to listen to. I also recently found this website called a good movie to watch.com. And their whole idea is like to talk about movies that are on Netflix that you may not know about. And there's a Matthew McConaughey movie called mud, which is like a really intense kind of dark movie that haunts me. Like I still think about it. So anyway, it's a good list huh. of movies. Maybe they talk about that in this podcast. That's <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> so you're struggling with things to listen to, to watch. Yeah. I, I, you know, there's always like the new releases. Oh, yeah, and, right. I, I said listen to. I meant watch. Yeah, just out, and I feel like you know, there's maybe one or two movies on that list that my husband and I can agree on to watch. If it's over, now that's two a hour, different point. But that's I can't a different watch point. It. What? Yeah. But what if it's agreeing on and what to watch? Like if you're by yourself, there's yeah. no shortage of things. Finding something that you can watch with your spouse—that's totally different. Oh, yeah. No, if I'm spending time by myself, then I will enjoy a good romantic comedy. Mm, I think I'm the only okay. person in my house that enjoys those. So I'm always good for some Real Housewives if I have some TV time by myself. <laughs> if you have some TV time. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of time to yourself, uh, you have to meet Anna <laughs> oh, no. and Susanna. Uh, Anna Lynn Thomas and Susanna Lewis do a show called, and I'm saying this correctly, Ha-ha's for hoo-ha's. Hoo-ha! Um, yeah, that's what I thought. I thought it was uh, Al Pacino, but I, 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 apparently it's not. Hoo-ha! <laughs> this show's described as funny women sharing funny stories at their own expense, maybe at the expense of their husbands and their kids, whatever. Let's uh, hear. This is Anna talking about a post she wrote about things women like to do alone. That's what made me think of this. Free from men and children. She asked her audience in to send some emails describing what they like to do alone. Here are a couple of responses. Katrina uh, Weishun, I think. Um, what is this alone you're talking about? Never heard of it before. I know, ladies. I know. It's a struggle. Kathy Cook. Sometimes when I'm all alone, I take a shower. Not just any old shower, mind you. A hot steam up the whole house, long shower. Mm -hmm. And I wash my hair and shave my legs. Right. I know. Isn't it like a luxury when you've got the time to shave your legs? Yeah. And when I wear my towel outside the bathroom, because I have three boys, so that I can walk leisurely to my room and select an outfit that matches. And then I actually do my makeup without poking myself in the eye from being startled by the pounding on the bathroom door. Yes. By this time, the kids are coming home asking me why I look so fancy. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny my girlfriend actually jen jen the one i was just talking uh -huh. about who talks in her sleep uh -huh. she put on lipstick and her kids started crying because they knew she was about to leave <laughs> like they were like they 
knew that she was gonna like go out. <laughs> They're like, where are you going without us? That's funny. That's funny. My daughter told me one time we were my husband and I were going to a um, grown up party for work or something and I had on like big earrings and stuff you know like I was all I look like Cher kind of but anyway <laughs> I was all glammed up and I was leaving and she said mama don't do anything crazy dressed like that and I was like what <laughs> <laughs> it's like what what do you think I'm fixing to go do I mean I didn't look ridiculous but it- she thought you she- she thought that with you dressed like that, that you were like leaving daddy. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's how, that's how serious it got. She thought I was going to like the club or something. He was going with me. I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> he thought she was, he was going no. to sell me into slavery or something. I don't know. Trafficking. Yeah. Like you can't, you, you can't wear, listen, I've been wearing the mom uniform for four days. Mm-hmm. They know mm-hmm. when you got dingly earrings are on oh, yeah. that they, yeah. Stuff's about to get real, and it can't be good. It's like, you know, nothing good happens after midnight. Like, nothing good happens while Mama's got <laughs> daily earrings. That's right. <laughs> Don't do anything crazy, Mama. Coming up next week, this podcast will have Val Riley on as their guest. <laughs> <laughs> this, this podcast is my new obsession, <laughs> which will surprise <laughs> no one. But they are like... Speaking, they're preaching my gospel right now. Like that, that is what my daily life is like. No, I love, I love uh, this podcast, and I love the website even more because the author of the website is so honest and self-deprecating, which I love both those things. And she tells this story this about Anna how you're talking about this is Anna, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, this is Anna, and she tells this story about how she met. Her like her and her husband's third date, which kind of like ended up sealing the deal on their marriage, but for all like intents and purposes shouldn't have, because there was like this fart. That she, it's a fart story. And you, you think fart jokes aren't funny, but fart jokes are always funny. Always. And her story is just hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> you have to read it. The blog that you're talking about is hahas for hoo Dot com. You can read her, her stuff there. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes or at blogtalkradio.com slash ha-has for hoo-has podcast. Got to put the word podcast at the end uh, for that link there. Val, you're the only person that can answer this. I don't think I would ask another human being this question. Oh, she's, home in the, she's home alone in the house. She's excited to wear her towel out oh, boy. of the bathroom. Wait, well, you're home alone in the house. What do you need the towel for? Maybe there's windows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think probably. I just didn't understand windows. that. She's like, I walked out with my towel. I'm like, you walked out with. It's not like you walked out to the mailbox. That's just so wild. It's <laughs> such wild behavior walking out in a towel all by yourself. She's wild. She's zany. Well, I mean, I think that's the whole point of, uh, you know, a podcast for mommies that want to be self-deprecating about their own lives and the lives of, you know, their significant others with them. You know, you spend so much of your time trying to be an adult human, and it's kind of directly (laughs) contradictory to being a a mommy, you know, (laughs) 
And so to try to balance both is a tricky thing. And I think they do a really good job of being honest about it. And I totally, I mean, I hire a babysitter to come an hour earlier than when I actually need them to start so that I can go and get ready by myself, which is my favorite part of the whole night. doesn't matter what I'm going to do. I could go meet Bob Costas. And the most exciting part of the night for me would be getting ready by myself. Val, when I when I used to have to do that, um, I used to have to hire a babysitter because the things that I needed to do, like sit on the toilet, took about a good hour that I needed my free time. Yeah, something about men on toilets takes a long time, doesn't it? That's our personal space, man. We need that. <laughs> Seth, anything to add? Uh, no. <laughs> Come on. You know you do that, Seth. Don't even lie. You get on your iPhone and you get in there and that's your only space that you really have, right? I do think the iPhone has the iPhone has changed the whole experience. Exactly. <laughs> has extended bathroom time. It just has made it much more enjoyable. Please, please disinfect your phones, gentlemen. <laughs> yes, always. And always. I use that term loosely, gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what about the idea that, you know, when, when you talk about self-deprecating humor, just this idea that people can make fun of themselves, that's always the most endearing thing about about people is when you can make fun of yourself. It takes all the pretense away. It takes all the potential ego away. That's the thing about podcasts that you don't find on standard radio. You don't you don't call a talk show and talk like Ken listen to a podcast and feel like you know her. Well, Seth, let me ask you this question. What if we did a man's podcast? We asked our audience what in a man's podcast. About, what would we talk about? I would talk about it. Go, I was in the bathroom for a good hour and I just indulged <laughs> in extra toilet paper. And I used a wet I, uh, wipe. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably listen to that. I like it. I like insight into the man life. Like, you know, that show with Adam Carolla that was like the man yeah. show. Oh yeah. It was great. Yeah, yeah. I liked watching that show. Cause I feel like you get a glimpse of how your own brain does not work. There is a podcast out there. There is a podcast out there. I'm looking for the name of it. Um, where they talk, they did the whole hour on bathroom etiquette. And it was what your etiquette should be in public bathrooms, in office bathrooms, in cohabitation bathrooms. And it was one podcast. It's, it's, It's just one show, but it's all about what you should do in men's rooms, women's rooms, what you should do in the biggest, the most interesting was offices. Because people are in offices for you know five, six, seven hours a day, right? And some people almost eight or more. (laughs) Some people, yeah. Some people. I don't know. I don't know anything about that nonsense, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, no, it's a very. uh, I will. I will get that link, and I I will uh, bring it up on a future on a future uh, the weekend podcast. Is it from like a, a male perspective or is it? Uh, it's actually a buddy of mine, uh, this guy named Al Dukes. He does a show called Al's Boring Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's anything but. <laughs> and you can find it on iTunes, but uh, Al's Boring Podcast, they did a show called The Bathroom Show. Oh, wow. And it's hysterical. It's hysterical. It was all about, he has another one called The Commuting Podcast, uh, an- Annoying People at the Gym. <laughs> <laughs> He sounds like Jerry Seinfeld of podcasting. Yes, yeah, and Jerry Seinfeld uh, comes on his show. What is it about those commuters? Plus, with yeah, all these the commuters, hi. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. Well, at the uh, at the Bob Costas thing, they were talking about uh, when Costas interviewed Jerry Seinfeld, and he did his horse racing bit, which is one of my favorite Seinfeld bits, where he says, uh, "Do the horses even know it's a race?" At the end of the race, the horses are probably like, "Wait a minute, we were just here." At the end of the yeah. horse, you think the horse is saying, hey, you got first, I get third. All right. 
they they played that uh, the other night in the um, the Costas event. Uh, nonetheless, um, I tweeted a bunch of pictures at Seth underscore Everett. If people are actually listening, they want to know uh, what it was all about. It was uh, a pretty cool event. All right, it's time to get serious, boys and girls. Uh, let's talk about business, but insanely. Let's talk about business insanity talk radio. Barry Moltz gets small businesses unstuck. He's founded and runs small businesses with a great deal of success and failure for more than 15 years. He knows the formula for taking your company to the next level. Now, here's what you're going to hear on this clip. The guest is Guy Kawasaki. He's the chief evangelist of Canva, an online graphic design tool. Formerly, he was an advisor to the Motorola business unit of Google and the chief evangelist of Apple. He is the author of The Art of the Start 2.0, the Art of Social Media, Enchantment, and 10 other books. Let's listen in. There's no one better in the universe that really is better at the startup than my first guest. Guy Kawasaki is the chief evangelist at Canva, an online graphic design tool. Formerly, he was an advisor to Motorola Business Unit of Google and chief evangelist of Apple. He's the author of The Art of the Start 2.0, The Art of Social Media, Enchantment, and 10 other books. Guy, welcome back to the show. Thank you. In the universe? In the universe. That's a big play. Place, including, I include Pluto. Place. I include Pluto. I don't care what they say. Surely there must be people better than that. Oh, I don't know about you're, you're You're right there. So I love the book, The Art of the Start. Why a 2.0 version of the book? <laughs> well, <laughs> because my editor said that's, right. one <laughs> that's the truth of it. <laughs> because, because version one was 10 years ago. And wow. 10 years ago, a mere 10 years ago, there was no social media. There was no crowdfunding. There was no crowdsourcing. There was no cloud computing. It was a very different world. And so what? tell me about the current environment for starting a company. What does it look like? Uh, it's fantastic in several regards. First of all, everything that uh, a startup needs is probably cheaper, if not free, these days. Uh, for example, you don't buy servers anymore. Now you host with uh, IBM or Amazon or Rackspace. You know, the, you, no longer are you in the hardware game. And uh, much of the marketing you can do is not by buying advertising. It's using social media. And social media uh, is inherently cheaper than buying ads in print magazines. So if it doesn't cost a lot of money, Guy, to really start a business, is this lower barrier to entry? Is that a good thing? Or a lot of people get involved in starting businesses that have no business in being a business owner? Yeah, all of the above. So. Clearly, when the fences are lower, uh, more people can try. Uh, there's two ways of looking at that. You know, one is you know, any clown can try. Another is, well, it's more of a meritocracy. It's you know, who has the best product or service. It's not who knows the right people who can give me the money to try. Sometimes I think that, that some of these really publicized success, like the Mark Zuckerberg's of the world or the WhatsApp of the world, sometimes they hurt small business owners or people are just starting out because they're shooting for the moon or they're shooting for the universe. What's your thought on that? Uh, I, you know, there, you can make, easily make that argument. Now, on the other hand, uh, I mean, that's kind of like saying, well, LeBron James hurts the game of basketball mm-hmm. because you know, he's so successful and he's so good at it. Uh, it makes all these kids try to be the next LeBron James and really, you know, they should what, lower their expectations. I mean, you know, I guess you could say that, but, you know, we need our heroes. I mean, Steve Jobs, trust me, not everybody can be Steve Jobs. That's right. But is the world better for him being a hero? Absolutely, yes. No, it's a, it's a great point. 
You know, one of the things that I always get the sense of, and you know, a lot of people will ask the question, if you're so smart, why aren't you rich? I always hear that. That's a great line. It's, it's, it's from literature. If you're so smart, why aren't you rich? And I have a feeling that this podcast is going to make me think that. Like, there's a million great ideas out there. Who are the people, the lucky people, who take their ideas and transform them into success stories? Well, and I think this particular podcast uh, makes a good point, you know, because I'm thick in the startup culture being in the San Francisco Bay Area. And there are two different kinds of people. There's the kind of people that really work for it and are driven and are, you know, creating this startup because of passion and intelligence. And then there are the guys you meet at the bar that sure, they have their own startup too, you know, like one of those people are going to hopefully make it and be the next Steve Jobs. And one of them hopefully isn't (laughs) because you can't just be LeBron James without the hard work and the, you know, talent. Right. But what I love about technology and I think they make Yeah. And what I love about this podcast is what they were talking about and the book 2.0, where they're, um, you know, introducing all the new social media aspects of being successful is that technology really has made it, you know, incredible for people to do what they want to do without having to go into like a big infrastructure. What I mean by that is like, say Bob Costas, for example, we were talking about before, if you wanted to be a broadcaster, you had to go get a job somewhere where people were broadcasting. You know what I mean? Now, mm-hmm. if you want to, for example, do a podcast, all you need is like Jeff Fallon, Seth, and a platform like Blog Talk Radio, and you can do your own thing with very limited resources, which I think is really cool. So people are doing really fun and innovative and interesting things like bathroom shows um, because they can. <laughs> God. <laughs> Well, it, 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 but it, but it shows that it shows that people who have ideas can present their ideas, and it's a form of communication. I think that's what you're trying to say, and I, I I second that, Jeff. When you look at the the way small business people operate, there is a very forward thinking mentality that I don't know if it can be taught. I, I don't know if that's something that can be inherently impressed upon somebody, or does that have to be just be natural? I think it has to be natural. And, and the drive behind it. I mean, not everybody has that. And I was going to ask you guys that too, with this entrepreneurial type mentality that we have out in where Val lives out in San Francisco. I mean, I, there's this drive, this, this drive of not sleeping at night when you're passionate about something. Do you think about it all the time? Does it drive you nuts? Those are the people that seem to be successful. It's not the nonchalant, Hey, I work, you know, I work eight, eight to five o'clock. And then I'm going to shut it down. You know, when you're building a business, you're working 24 hours a day. And I think it's the people that really put in the, the hard work, the effort, those companies succeed. I might be wrong on that, but that's, that's what I kind of see in here. These guys that are just eat, sleep, you know, their new application, right? I mean, I think you're right, Jeff. And I think that like, there's a misnomer that if you found a startup, if you start a startup, uh, that you're all of a sudden going to strike it rich. And that's all that it takes. The, the people that I know that have their own startups that are successful are not paying themselves because they don't want that, you know, they want to put that money back in the business. They're working night and day and weekends. And if they are getting moderately successful, they have to make really hard decisions like any small business owner would. Like if I sell my company, am I going to sell my team with it? Are they going to break them up? Are they going to all get jobs there? Like there's 
really hard decisions that don't affect just you. They affect your employees and, you know, the vision of your company. And I think that's true of any small business, whether brick and mortar or, you know, online. But I think there's this new interesting element of like the startup and, uh, and how anybody that has that drive and that talent to be able to do it can do it theoretically. Right. Well, I think the the, the biggest thing, and, you know, I think there's different mentalities when it comes to what startups are. Um, I always think I, I like, I look around my town and I think about things that I have seen in other cities that work that doesn't exist. Like my town doesn't have a good, I'll give you a perfect example. I'm obsessed with the, uh, the chain sweet tomatoes. Oh yeah. So I, I, sweet tomatoes is the great, I would eat 20 pounds lighter if I could eat sweet tomatoes every day. I could literally go there every day. They don't exist in my area. I, I drive around and I see restaurants that have closed, but like you see the shell of the building still open and or, or still standing. And I'll drive by those places. I'm like, somebody please open a sweet tomatoes right there. And not because I'm hungry for a salad. It's because I think that those things could exist. You know, it's funny because when Jeff referenced it, he talked about apps and digital startups. There's, there, there's that. There's the whole Silicon Valley aspect. There's franchises. There's so many things. I'm very interested in, in, in what this podcast can bring. I, I like the idea of having all these types of options. I, I would happen to think this is not a one-dimensional guy. Yeah, no, I think he has a, a, a lot to talk about. And I have a lot of business ideas too, <laughs> Seth. But, okay, um, what are your business ideas? Let, no, I have all kinds of ones that I almost don't want to share because I think that they're so good. Somebody's going <laughs> to take them? I don't actually ever do anything about them. And I think that's what is the difference between me and someone who would be successful as a small business owner, right? But like, for example, I'll give you this one. Why aren't there a chain of coffee carts outside of all the playgrounds <laughs> i mean mommies need their lattes i swear to you like it it's such a good idea but who wants to operate a coffee cart outside of a playground not me but i think somebody should do it i would buy that latte what's with all these lattes i mean seriously <laughs> what's the deal with the lattes i uh, want to have kids running around where there's things at 100 degree temperatures i mean it's That's hot a good idea it's so hot out there <laughs> Now, I have, a, I have an idea for an application, for a business application. It is, you know, it's going to be a smart app. You know, and we talked about earlier about bathroom stuff, right? So when you're traveling, okay, Seth, you, Seth, you travel a lot. You know, I travel a lot. It's, there's no worse feeling in the whole wide world when you have to go to an airport bathroom. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to create this app that you turn it on and you can kind of, it kind of senses the smells and it tells you where to actually sit and position yourself in the bathroom so it's not a stressful situation for you. What do you think about that? I think I, I, think I could be a billionaire off this. That's very funny. <laughs> That's very funny. Well, as someone who lives in, Man- I don't in Manhattan, for- I- yeah. No, as someone who lives in Manhattan, I can say I know four places in Manhattan: Upper West Side, Upper East Side, Midtown, and Lower Manhattan, where you know there's bathrooms. I'm not revealing them on this podcast, but because I don't, I don't want people it would ruin them. Yeah, right. It would ruin them. Well, I have to tell you guys, these are champagne problems that you have. Hashtag champagne problems. Because if you've ever been in a playground bathroom oh, or boy. a side yeah. of the soccer field porter potty bathroom, like, okay, I'm so sorry that your Manhattan bathroom is a little bit dirty. <laughs> but at least the homeless man didn't pee right outside of it. The, but the worst is, is that uh, I have girls and I am I'm mortified when they have to go to the bathroom. Oh, yeah, I am I a girl. So. I take the. No, no, but you can take them into the women's room. 
No, I'm mortified every time I have to walk into a public bathroom. I'm just mortified by the experience. It's it's, it's god awful. It's gross. Yeah. Absolutely gross. By the way, uh, here's the worst segue of the show. You can uh, hear Barry Moltz's podcast at barrymoltz.com slash blog. <laughs> I love kids. Yeah, you um, Once again, you here's the worst segue in the world. You can find the Business Insanity Talk Radio at barrymoltz.com slash blog. So uh, we've got uh, that coming up. Keep your submissions in. Uh, the week in podcasting at gmail.com. And can I just suggest a treat for next week? I have a homework assignment for both of you. Oh, okay. I, I have a homework oh. assignment for both of you. Before next week's show, one of the podcasts, I don't know if it's going to be the one of the three, but I'm, I'm calling an audible and I'm getting this podcast into submission here. The, 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 the comic book show that I do called Hall of Justice. We have a very <laughs> special guest uh, this week. And this is an amazing thing. He created a short film that I swear to you is going to be submitted to festivals. This guy's going to win awards for this. It's only three and a half minutes long. It is called Summer of 78. Just so it's on YouTube. Search it. I, I am t- the, the, the filmmaker is going to be on my podcast, and we're going to take a clip to, to fully promote it. But Summer of 78, I cannot rec- recommend this, this film more. It is heartwarming, and we will. If you're a, I'll give you a hint. If you're a Star Wars fan, oh boy, you are going to gush for this thing. So just uh, check out Summer of '78, and we will uh, have that in our next the week in podcasting show. Uh, Val, where can? Yeah, yeah. We should mention that in addition to your own podcast, (laughs) there have been a lot of great submissions for podcasts that we will hopefully listen to in a future show. Right. Yes, we have to. We actually have enough where we're actually going to do something. We'll sift through them. (laughs) (laughs) It's a nice problem to have. Again, champagne problems. It is a nice problem to have. It is a a good problem. Uh, Again, the email is the week in podcasting. And uh, Jeff, where can people find you? They can find me at Twitter at the Jeff Adams. Very easy, and I do the Jeff Adams show here at Blog Talk Radio weekly Thursdays. Normally goes up around 3 o'clock in the afternoon. You can listen to it. So there you go. There you go. And Val, you did tweet this weekend. It was uh, it, it shook the internet. <laughs> yes, you can also find me on Twitter at Val Riley. Um, I have a play date in Noe Valley tomorrow, but I believe that is invite <laughs> only. So you'll have to wait for the podcast next week to hear more of this <laughs> lovely voice. <laughs> I think you should start a podcast. And, uh, What's with these uh, lattes? What's with these lattes at the park? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm Seth Everett. You can find me on Twitter at Seth underscore Everett. And uh, we will be back next week with another edition of the Week in Podcasting. For Val and Jeff, I'm Seth. This has been the Week in Podcasting. Bye, guys. What's with these people? Send in your suggestions for shows you would like us to cover at theweekinpodcasting at gmail.com. That's theweekinpodcasting at gmail.com. 